Yes. If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, the Pope on Film. I mean, who is it? It's sweeping the nation. But only real fans, true hardcore fans of this podcast, who's been with us, who've been with us since day one. The real fans who listen to every episode, only they would know the the two main facts about the both of us. Two undeniably real and in no way made up on the spot undeniable truths about the two of us, America's hottest uh, podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, the first fact is about you. And it's the fact that when you're not doing the podcast, you are a very successful Twitch streamer. So tell us, Bunny, what video games have you been playing lately on your Twitch channel? Um... I have been playing uh, a lot of Arcanon. Uh, I, I've I've been playing Asteroids. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, people seem to really be bored. They seem bored. Like like, how long can you fucking watch somebody play Asteroids? And like, you know maybe nine hours is obsessive. I don't know. Uh, but that fucking little flying saucer, I'm gonna get that goddamn flying saucer one Hell day. Yeah. You know, Hell- uh, so, so that's, that's, that's basically it for space invaders, Pac-Man, you know, the, the, the classic. Classics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. I love the channel. Big fan. Thank you. The second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do at this part of the podcast is find a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling uh, razzmatazz. So that's what this is. Another educationally uneducational installment of... Steve's historic approximations. Dun, 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 or shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name shap. Sure, it's short, but it's wise. It's the Jiminy Cricket of podcast segments. Anywho, this week on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be discussing. The Falkland Islands War. Okay. Which on the surface definitely does not seem like a topic that has no funny twist, no typical shap charm, no pizzazz with jazz hands. But I promise you, by the time we get to the end of this shap, the reasoning behind the shap will become clear. It's one of those shaps where, why, why in the world are we discussing the Falkland Islands War? But once we get to the end, that's when you'll be like, oh, okay, that's, that's why we came here. So, the Falkland Islands War. Um, you know how some people collect things? Like, oh, I collect stamps. I collect sports memorabilia i collect way too many funko pops for an adult you know yeah collections a lot of people have collections well back in the day england's thing was collecting other countries 
Yes. Okay. We'll take this and this and this. Well, so, uh, America, we collected black people. It was the same. You know, yeah. 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 So, so the Falkland Islands are an archipelago off the southernmost coast of South America. It's it's only three hundred miles to the east of the the bottom tip of South America. And as a result of that, for a long time, Argentina ruled over the Falkland Islands. For the longest time, Argentina was all like, look, it's right next to us. It's right here. We're but a stone's throw away. We claim all sovereignty over the Falkland Islands. And then in 1833, England was all like, oh, look, honey, it's the Falkland Islands. Oh, don't they look so cute? You know what? This is ours now. Yeah. And, and and England kicked out all of the Argentinian and knights and, and took over the Falkland Islands. Cut two. It's the 80s, and the Falkland Islanders are getting real pissed off with being under English rule, right? Yeah. And the Falkland Islanders were all like, look, we're being mistreated. Human rights abuses, economic mismanagement. We're getting no money and everything's crumbling and we're not getting paid enough and not getting enough food, working us to the bone. The bottom line is England doesn't give a crap about us. So there's a workers dispute. There's a, the workers go on strike and all of the workers are like pissed off and we're not going to work anymore. We're going to, uh, we're going to stop working under uh, British rule. We are sick of this. And they go on strike and they take to the streets and the workers are protesting and people are fighting them. And eventually the workers come to a conclusion as a whole and they go, you know what? We are so sick of England ruling over us and treating us like shit. Maybe we should go back to Argentina. You know, because they used to rule over us and I don't remember them treating us like shit and not paying us. I bet Argentina would treat us better. I wish there was some way that we could, you know, give them a sign or whatever. But they they were pretty close. The Falkland Islands from Argentina. So the workers uh, go to the go to let's go to the beach beach. And they 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 go to the big, tall flagpole there by the beach and they take down the British flag and they raise the Argentinian flag. And they're like, Hey, Argentina, come and see We're pissed. We're sick of the goddamn Brits. We're sick of England screwing us over. So why don't you come and, and you can take us over? Cause we're sick of British people. And Argentina sees this. They see the flag changing and Argentina is like, huh? They've raised the Argentinian flag. Maybe we should think about this. Fun fact, Bunny, here's a little aside since we're talking about Argentina. Do you know what the number one job is in Argentina? Mm, no. The number one job in Argentina is sitting in a small cafe, sipping coffee and chain smoking. Oh. About 80% of the country has that job. Just I, I should send down my resume. <laughs> yeah. Sitting in a small cafe, sipping coffee, chain smoking, and cursing. Uh, that's that's the main job. So I, I feel like I was born for it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So Argentina uh, sees the flag and goes, uh, "Hey, 
the entirety of Argentina group huddle. Come over here, everybody. Okay, so um, hey, uh, so the Falkland Islanders are getting pissed. They raised the Argentinian flag. Um, yeah. Should we try and take back the Falkland Islands? Let's discuss this. Uh, what does everybody think? And the general consensus is, okay, I've got a map here. This is the map. Let's discuss this map. Look, Argentina is 300 miles away from the Falkland Islands. Super close. We can see them over there. We can see them raising the flag for Pete's sake. We are super close. And we've got an army. We've got people. We've got soldiers. We've got boats. We've got an army. And we're super close to Argentina. Now, look at this over here. All right. England is 8,000 miles away. To get to the Falkland Islands, uh, England has to sail past all of Europe, all of Africa, all of South America. So if we do decide to take back the Falkland Islands, we've got the upper hand here, right? Yeah. I mean, I know that Britain is like this major superpower, but we're right here. I mean, I mean, we're so close to the Falkland Islands. Uh, that that we've got the upper hand if they decide to fight back. So you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. So 10,000 Argentinian troops take the short trip to the Falkland Islands, kick out the English people and say, here you go. Argentina is in charge of the Falkland Islands now. We have liberated the Falkland Island people. I mean... No one in England is crazy enough to f fight a war 8,000 miles away by boat, right? Well, the problem with that is that it's England in the 80s. Yeah. And uh, the person who's in charge is Margaret Thatcher. At the time, Mar the British press called her Milk Snatcher Thatcher. Okay. Because there was a legislation, it, it was a free milk program, and all of these young kids got free milk at school, and it was a program, and everyone was proud of it, and Margaret Thatcher is just like, we're trying to save money, we're in a crisis, and we're throwing, it, we're throwing away all of this money, what, so kids can have milk? Fuck it! So she sponsored a, a legislation to eliminate the free milk program for school kids, so yeah. you know that the woman who is literally Stealing milk from children isn't going to just give up the entirety of the Falkland Islands. Yeah. So she sends the Navy all up in there to take back the Falkland Islands. And she's sending boat after boat after boat. And Argentina is all, hey, that's fine. England wants a war, do they? Well, we have the uh, advantage. So we're so close. We've got the entire army just right here by the beach. So this will indeed be an intense back and forth historical war. A tete a tete, a mano y mano back and forth. Oh, yes, this will be a massive challenge. Well, in pro wrestling terms, it was a squash match. Okay. It was... Um, Spike Dudley versus Brock Lesnar. Okay. Essentially, is what the Falkland Islands war was. It, it was just a, a squash match, to use pro wrestling terms. England retook the Falkland Islands and basically spanked Argentina. But Argentina did have a, a few small wins, and one win in particular is quite memorable, especially for this 
podcast. So here is a here is a here's the story. So England built a brand new warship. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Am I back? Is everything fine? That was weird. You're fine. What happened? Uh, I, I don't know. Everything glitched for a second. I kept repeating like uh, Max Headroom. Okay, so England builds a brand new warship. It's a Type 42 guided missile destroyer. And they decide to name it after a city in Yorkshire. And so England sends this ship called the HMS Sheffield to join the task force that would retake the Falkland Islands. So the HMS Sheffield is sent the 8,000 miles to the Falkland Islands to try and retake the, uh, the island. The boat was originally built in the 70s, and they were so proud of it that they said, look, we have memorabilia on the ship of famous Navy winds, and look at these decorations and plush carpeting throughout every inch of the boat. So they this is, basically this is a had, they basically had a, they sent a battleship that had a gift shop. Yeah, but once the once once they said like, okay, it's time to it's time for the HMS Sheffield to go into battle. So let's take out all of the crap we've put in there. Let's take out all of the displays and all of the decorations and let's take out all of the carpet. Ooh, but this is really good carpet. You know what? We're going to keep the carpet in one room. I don't know, like the break room. I don't know if there's a, a, a an employee lounge in a in a warsh in an English warship. But they say this one room will keep the really nice deluxe carpeting in. We'll take it out everywhere else. And so the boat is sent to war. Okay, and so the HMS Sheffield is in the ocean. I love this story so much. The HMS Sheffield is out in the ocean, and they're like, hey. We've heard a rumor, and here's the rumor. We heard a rumor that Argentina has submarines, super submarines, like super smart submarines, like like stealth submarines, top of top of the top of the line, high tech super stealth submarines you can't even see them in fact they're probably on their way right now to destroy they had the advanced baking soda and vinegar engines yeah yeah but but the hms sheffield is all like they're probably on their way right now in fact they could already be surrounding us with their stealth submarines the argentinian stealth submarines so everybody all hands on deck watch out for those submarines those submarines are here i swear the submarines gonna come get us those submarines and eventually they get a report and they're like hey we've got a report about what argentina's up to and the hms sheffield is all oh is it about the submarines because i heard they're super stealth and the report is like no sir it seems that the french have built a new anti-ship missile and it can shoot farther than any other missile that's ever been built before and one rocket can sink a battleship with a single shot and the French built this rocket and they've sold it to Argentina. So Argentina has these boat sinking rockets that we need to worry about. And apparently the SMS, the HMS Sheffield saw this report and said, ha, nice try, 
Argentina. <laughs> what? The Argentinian super missiles? It's probably just a cover to cover their stealth submarines. Everybody, keep a lookout for those submarines. They're coming and they're super stealth. We've got to watch out for those submarines. Yeah. So, so the HMS Sheffield was so convinced of the existence of the submarines that they didn't see the rockets on the way. They didn't see the rockets until they were in the air. They're like, okay, keep that sonar on. We got to find those. We got to find those submarines. We got to find those. Oh, look at that. Look at that in the sky. Isn't that pretty? That's that's so pretty. What is it? It looks like it's uh looks like it's a uh, smoke and it's uh it's coming our way and uh oh, hey everybody. Uh, brace for impact. So the first rocket hits the water near the ship and they go, phew, it's a good thing that that didn't hit us because that really would have. Oh, look, a second one. So the second rocket hit the ship's water main. And caused a fire a fire that they couldn't put out because the rocket perfectly hit the ship's water main. So they couldn't put out the fire. They couldn't put out the fire. And then they're like, it's okay. It's okay. We can try and we can try and corral the fire and it should be fine. As long as the fire doesn't spread. Well, um, remember that one room with the carpeting (laughs) set ablaze massive fire and there's an explosion on the ship and that initial explosion kills 20 men all the crew could do was wait for rescue the hms arrow was on its way but it would be a while so the captain who didn't want to lose anyone else ordered all survivors all survivors on the deck of the ship and it's like okay this is all that's left okay we lost a lot of men and there's bodies all over the place and we're gaining water and we're on fire but we just gotta calm down and we've gotta wait there's a rescue ship but we just gotta wait we just gotta be calm we just gotta hang in there i am not losing a single one of you we're gonna get in line we're gonna hold hands remember your buddy because no matter what happens even if we go into the ocean you're still holding on to your freaking buddy and we're not losing any more men hold on to your to your hold so so everybody grab hands so just imagine a ship full of smoke and fire and uh dead bodies of your friends all over the place and british navy men holding each other's hands, waiting for a rescue to arrive as ship slowly sinks. So the crew is scared. So finally, end of story. In what I believe to be an important historical moment, Sub-Lieutenant Carrington Wood saw everyone scared and said, hey, what if we sing a song? All of us together. That will surely brighten our spirits. And then uh, another guy said, hey, what song will we sing? Hopefully it's not something uh, bad that will make us feel like crap. So Sub-Lieutenant Carrington Wood led the crew in a sing-along. And they all, as the ship sank, stood there hand in hand and sang... 
Money pythons always look on the bright side of life. Oh, my God. What I believe to be an important part of history. Yes. I love that story so much. They all got rescued and nobody else died other than what happened in the initial blast and the 20 people died. And probably the carpet, the one room that they left the carpet in probably didn't help matters. But all of the survivors kept their spirits up singing Monty Python's always look on the bright side of life. And that is flipping hilarious. And I love that. I love that so much. That anyway, is cool. That, that is very cool. I love that. I absolutely love that. Anyway, that is it for Steve's Historic Approximations this week. Be sure and join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's Historic Approximations. Thank you, Maxwell. Thank you.